0: Well, I'm wearing black main link because it's slimming. That's, that's the main reason Clydesdales, you know, we need, we need every, all the help we can get.
1: You got to balance fashion and function.
0: That's right. Exactly. Right.
1: Hi, this is
0: Adam Silver and I'm a big ass runner from Cary, North Carolina. Welcome to the big ass runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, Adam, thank you so much for that excellent introduction. And we are so thankful for all of the Big Ass Runner herd members out in the Carolinas. So, really appreciate you guys out there. And again, Adam, thanks for that awesome introduction. Very professional, by the way. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. My name is Jeff Harrell. This is episode number 80. It's hard to believe. I remember Stephen and I were joking about. The Magic Johnson episode that would have been 32, episode 32. Now we're on 80. Hard to believe. I'm not great at math, but it seems like maybe 20 more to triple digits to that 100 mark. So we're very grateful for everyone that listens to this show. And this episode is a little different. Today is a very special episode because my 100K at the time of this recording, is about nine days out, and so I've got a running coach, I think as everyone knows, the ninja Greg Sissengrath. and he is going to be in studio today to do my pre-race check-in. We're going to bring the Big Ass Runner Herd into the studio, and we're going to actually do this live on the show, so you're going to hear from one of the best running coaches out there. All the things that we talk about pre-race, during race, post-race, very excited about this. We thought we were going to have a meeting and I thought, let's just do it on the show and let the Big S Runner Herd listen in. And hopefully that'll bring you guys tons of value as you hear how a running coach would gonna go through the the prep for the big race. And so today that's what the show is all about. We're calling this the pre-race prep episode. I think you're really gonna enjoy that. So without further ado, let's get going on the very special pre race prep episode of the Big Ass runner. As I said in the open, we have Coach Greg with us. Coach Greg, thanks so much for being here. We're going to do a pre-race prep right here on the air. We're bringing everybody in to the studio, so they're going to get to listen in on how you coach your athletes before race and the things you talk about. So I'm really excited.
1: Yep, I'm glad to be back. It's actually one of my favorite parts in prepping for the race, and this is something that we would you know typically do. A couple weeks out and just so everyone is ready. And a lot of times the anxiety of a race is just it's alleviated when you have a plan, when you've packed and when you know what to expect. So yeah, this will be fun.
0: And I am nine days out. Not that I'm counting, nine days out from Black Canyon, getting a little bit nervous. Getting I think I think maybe more excited than nervous. But I'm really excited to talk about this because I've been watching you know YouTube videos and checking out the course and they're doing these interviews with some of the elite people, these going for the gold. Because there's actually yeah. three tickets up this yep. year because I guess one race got canceled so right. they moved a ticket over. I
1: actually watched one of the videos earlier and it was Corinne and I met her when I raced and and then she ran away and finished maybe an hour ahead of me awesome. and now she's vying for a golden ticket so it's it's pretty cool to see her interviewed.
0: Really cool, and and just so everyone knows, Greg has done this race before, so he brings that perspective. I think you were under twelve hours.
1: I was. We just snuck in under twelve hours. If we went back, I would. My goal is to beat the sunset. I think we had to turn on our headlamps for just about ten minutes. We we went tried <laughs> to go as long as we could, but then I couldn't see anything. But it's a great race, super well done, and probably one of my best paced hundred K's ever. Everything went according to plan, which rarely, you know, which rarely happens. So I was really happy to have a good race. And Air they always do a great job. It's a great race.
0: I'm not gonna have to worry about chasing the sunset. I will see it mid race. And <laughs> maybe just maybe a little bit farther into the race than that. But I will definitely have to prepare for headlamp. I got one of those fancy was it Kogala? How do you oh, are yeah. you're gonna
1: you you gonna to up. I'm
0: little the whole place <laughs> yep, up. Yep. Well, a little so we of a lot of light. Yep. We need a lot of surface area. Well, awesome. a this race, as I've looked at the course, it seems like the first 50K is fairly downhill. And what I've what I've been hearing is that the elite runners will really, in fact, sometimes go too fast the first 50k, and they pay for it later because it is. A bit of a downhill. Is that you? Look like you were shaking your head a little. Yeah, bit. It,
1: well, you know what? I've already forgotten what the elevation profile is. I don't know if it's all downhill, but there is. It starts out really fast. You're leaving uh, Meyer or Mayor. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Yep. The high school. You're and you're in the city in that town and it's a little bit of a pavement leaving and then you hit some jeep road and it's fast and everyone's blazing you can see all the runners in front of you even when they're spread out so you can see for miles and so it is a fast start and even though i'm not I, i don't think i would qualify at all as downhill i probably ran my fastest trail marathon during that race which is never (laughs) A good idea to set PRs for shorter distances during a longer longer race, but we still held on. So there is a climb about the midway point where you get to the highest part of the course and then you'll drop back down. So it's not, I guess I wouldn't term it a downhill race, but it is definitely a fast start and you could pay for it because you'll see when you get out there that it's Phoenix or that area is mountainous and it's totally, uh, it could be my ignorance for geography and what what kind of topography they have out there, but it's super scenic. I thought it was just going to be desert or Texas-style right. desert, but no. While the course is a flat and fast course, you are going to be winding in the mountains, and you'll see legit mountains in the background as well. So, uh, yeah, you'll get a taste of everything.
0: It looks beautiful. Now, if you were to describe the, the kind of conditions or the trail itself— is it? Would you say rocky, dusty? Looks like there's a little bit of both. You said that you mentioned there's a jeep trail. Right. So it looked like there's some maybe packed mm-hmm. dirt for a while, and then maybe looser dirt rocks. How yep. would you describe the trail?
1: I, your earlier description is what I thought it was going to be. It was rockier than than I was expecting. Um, yeah. I thought it was just going to be dirt desert, you know. But there is a bit of Banderish trail, so you'll have some loose rocks, some chunky rocks. A lot. Imagine you'll you'll see the ATVs and you'll see the the probably don't. I guess they don't call them dune buggies. That's probably an antiquated that's, term.
0: That's what they call them. When I was actually watching last year's live, they they actually had drones and things yep. following yep. the live race. They called them dune dune buggies. Okay, so okay, so I uh, think that's legit.
1: You'll you imagine trail or wider jeep road that those type of vehicles would want to be on. So you'll get a mix of everything where you'll also be on some uh, really buffed out jeep road and then it'll give way to a little bit chunkier atv trail a little bit rocky and then you'll be on legit trail where only humans and horses <laughs> should be on and that's a bit chunkier and a little bit narrow and winds around all the terrain and cactuses there so it is a bit of everything so
0: more like bandera less like what, what i saw in tyler right, which was mainly roots and 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 uh, lots lots of down what do you yeah. call needles yeah there's
1: no there's no roots, and there are no soft pine needles, so if you go down out there, there's a good chance you' are uh, you're gonna come up with something and in fact, and I, unfortunately I wasn't there but a a really fast female came in and she had rolled. and you've probably talked they may have talked about the cactus oh the no. jumping is it jumping cactus or Something that the cactus may jump out and the spines will get you, but she fell into a cactus. Ooh. And they, I think they spent an hour pulling cactus needles out oh, of her butt.
0: Goodness gracious. So, sounds uh, like something I'd do.
1: Yeah, I think there's actually a comb that you're- <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, they, okay, so I'm getting my Aerovibra races confused, but it's on very similar trail. They actually recommended we carry a cactus comb. Because, For Coca Yep. To, in case you ran into oh one gosh. of those, um, I wish I could remember jumping cactus. Nah, something. But it jumped. If you get too close, uh, it, it, you could carry it away with you. So, oh
0: man, and is I think for Cocodona, part of this trail is part of the Cocodona race. Yeah, is we that right?
1: there's a few miles in Black Canyon City that shares the same trail. So it did. I had a bit of deja vu, but to be honest, a lot of that train will look the same. But we, yeah, Black Canyon City. That part of the trail is the same as the as the Cocodona course.
0: So my plan is to to wear the Speed Goat, my Hoka Mahoka Speed Goat. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good choice for yep. this terrain. Mm-hmm. Check on that one. And then it looked like, and I was looking at the weather, and I think I'm underestimating how warm it might get because that's the comment I kept hearing is how hot this race was. You look at the temperatures, it doesn't seem yeah. like it because it, I think it starts in the 40s and right. it gets up to maybe the low 70s, which sounds perfect. But with that sun and that that kind of hot or dry air, yep. it might feel worse than that.
1: Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I agree. So I started in arm sleeves. So I had a short sleeve shirt or a, sh- a tank and I started with arm sleeves. And again, it was, you're, you're right, it was like 30s, 40s at the start it's chilly. We're in the desert. It's a little bit different there. And then, I don't know how long it took, but I pulled down the arm season. It was pretty nice. But then it, it definitely it definitely got hot. You know, everyone goes back and forth on. It's a dry heat. It's worse. Right. Uh, now or humidity the humidity. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's all bad, but it is a slightly different heat where because you don't feel the sweat on you, you don't realize how much sweat you're losing. Until you look at your black shirt, and I think uh, I see that you have a black shirt. You'll Whoa. see the sweat on you, and you realize how how much you have perspired during that race.
0: I'm very brand loyal, so yeah. I ordered two of the new Path Projects. What they call the graphic t-shirts, yes. and I've got the I've got them right here. And I'm wondering if black was the best option. Now that I'm hearing about the heat, but I've got the the Path Mountain yeah. tested, and I've got the the yeah both they're both mountain tested, yep. but they're the two different versions are really cool shirts. So that was my plan to wear those with arm sleeves and my Path Project shorts and liners with my probably go EXO toe socks Mm -hmm. and my Hoka Speedgoats.
1: I might be a little uh, biased, but (laughs) that's all (laughs) the same gear that I wore. So I did add the same EXO socks and unfortunately, I don't think I was wearing Path at that for that race, because we are we were trying to match with some other runners.
0: <laughs> you might have broken. You, you might have beat the sunset if you are wearing pads. Yeah, like,
1: true. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I won't tell. I won't tell anybody what I was wearing. But we were trying to match, and there's uh, nice. some really short. It was it was a little risky because it was all white. Yeah, you could never know wearing white shorts. Yeah, oh, that's true. But actually, and I wish I had the article in front of me, but there's some. There's some different literature out as far as it might not be as bad as you think wearing a dark shirt in the heat. And again, the science part of it is uh, escaping me right now. I wish maybe I can dig it up uh, before the race, but I, I think you'll be okay with that. And I did wear that same shirt that, you, uh, that you're showing me at a, at a little recon run last weekend. Yeah, for Ramble it, it and the went, Brambles, right? Ramble and the Brambles. And it warmed up pretty. It warmed up pretty fast because we started in the 30s and uh, we got pretty hot to where I was. I had to take off my uh, my hoodie and but the shirt was fine. The fabric is a is the is there a newer fabric so it wicks pretty well and it seems super seems super light and wicking. So I think it's going to be fine in the desert. And I actually wore their some of their older Cascade shirts during Cocodona. and I I think it was great. A desert style racing, so I, I think it's a fine choice.
0: Well, I'm wearing black link because it's slimming. That's <laughs> that's the main reason. Clydesdales, you know, we need we need every all the help we can get. <laughs>
1: You got to balance fashion and function. That's
0: right. Exactly right. And then I'll, I'll probably have my, my path hat. I'll probably just start with a cap. I don't think I'll even start with a beanie or anything like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think cap's fine. I, I don't think I had anything covering my ears at the start. Okay. I had gloves, for sure.
0: Yeah, gloves. I always wear gloves. If, if my hands are cold, I feel yeah. like that's, that's more painful than anything else yeah. that's cold.
1: Well, I'm a... Uh, I'm a cold weenie with my hands. I could be wearing shorts and no shirt, but I need to have gloves on.
0: Hey, if you know Nick Bear, he's the same way. Oh, and he is ripped and a manly man, and he wears gloves too. So I'll be looking out
1: for him at uh, at Rocky. At Rocky, he's running Rocky this weekend.
0: Yes, we're recording this on a Wednesday before Rocky. It's ten days out from. The Black Canyon. So this is probably a perfect time for for us to have this discussion. So we've talked about kind of a little bit of the terrain. We talked a little bit about what I'm going to be wearing. So what, what are the other questions that you would go through with your athletes?
1: Yeah. So typically how we start any kind of a uh, race day prep in Anybody that knows me knows that I love spreadsheets and it's, <laughs> it's my day job, it's my side job. But I've benefited from your <laughs> spreadsheets, they're awesome. But I I love to put together an age station spreadsheet, and you know, we, we have all the uh, age stations lined out, which are crew accessible and splits in between. And then we'll what we'll try to do is try to predict and not predict a not this well, we'll project a finish time, and it's not so much that. This is the pace you need to hold to finish to this time. It's more for planning. Uh, yep. These are long races where you're going to need to plan out your nutrition. So you need to know, you know, if you are about to hit Bumblebee Ranch at mile 19, you need to know how long that that's expect you so you can know how much uh, calories to carry. And you need to know when it's what age station you're going to be at when it gets dark. So you need to know when you can grab your headlamp when you can grab a, a long sleeve layer. And if you are going to be out when it, at an aid station at 30, 11 o'clock, you might need a thicker layer when temperatures really drop, especially in the desert or at Rocky Raccoon where, you know, we're we're about to hit a, a yeah, winter storm. Freezing, so yeah. um, there's a, when you're doing 100K or 100 mile, obviously 100 mile, you're going to be going for over a day. 100K, you, you some of them will you know, you're touch 20 hours. So you're almost running a day as well. So you have to plan for a lot of different gear, clothes and nutrition. So it's important to have an expectation of how much, how many spring gels you'll need to do 19 miles if you know it's going to take you, you know, three hours and 56 minutes. So that is the main reason that we try to project finish times, not necessarily like I have to run, you know, an 11.46 Or you're behind right schedule now. or whatever. I, I, I remind everyone, you know, once we do these eight station charts, you don't need to look at it during. This is for your crew. This is for your pacers. No one expects you, and you could have it, but I don't need you staring at it at every mile thinking you're behind pace. It's just really for planning, and I... Um, sometimes I'm better at it. Sometimes I'm not, but the earlier I plan, the less the anxiety is during race week. Uh, You know, you, uh, once you have this age station chart, you know, how much gear, um, you need. And then actually how much nutrition. So it's like, yeah, I need to order more awesome sauce because yep. I'm going to need at least four more or your oatmeals having it every crew bag. So that's the real purpose. And then once you have these set, you know, you can you don't have to necessarily pack your drop bags yet, but you have everything set aside. You know, I prefer everyone to have gallon Ziplocs for, especially if we're just doing nutrition only, you know, have it all in there that way. Your wife knows exactly when she hits that aid station, she can just pick out that gallon and give it to you. Or at this aid station that has your jacket, it's all there. She doesn't have to dig through a bag trying to find out, I I need this, I need this. No, just, it says Bumblebee Ranch. Yep. And it's super simple um, for races like Rocky, where it's a five loop course, I will want everyone to have a loop nutrition or gear labeled so when the crew comes in and even if you don't have crew a stranger that someone's just helping out hey that's my bag can you get my loop 2 bag so things like that it alleviates the time spent at aid stations and i've seen people yell at their crews like just give me my black and blue shirt and you know there's a pile of (laughs) Which There's one up in the back, right? no one knows which exactly black or blue shirt you want, so right. this this takes a lot of race day stress out, but once we have it planned, it takes a lot of the race week stress where you just all you can think about all you want to do is race and get it over with. but I think once i I always feel better that once I have my nutrition everything packed at least set aside, then all we have to do is race all the hard part is done. You've already done all the training. You've done all the prep, and now you're just waiting for race day to come by. And now you can just stare at the weather app and <laughs> find yep. out what horrible weather is coming. But yeah, that's the that's the main thing that I want out of the age station charge. Not the paces. It's just the planning, and I just have to have a good plan to know what to expect.
0: And you had some good advice earlier before we started recording because my wife's going to be my crew, and she's going to have plenty of time in between. So like there's two aid stations without a crew. Then usually every third aid station is also a crew aid station. So she's going to be there with my bag and stuff. And so I just figured she'd carry everything with her. But she had a piece of advice, which is still do drop bags, still submit your drop bags to the race because if something were to happen, she has a flat tire or gets lost or something. At least you know your right. nutrition will be there. I think that's good advice. Right,
1: and a lot of aid stations again, uh, where they kind of double up, where there are crew and drop bag accessible. There's no reason not to do a drop bag, and especially if it's only nutrition only, because for that same reason, this is a point to point race. You know, God forbid, flat tire or it's happened where they go to the wrong aid station. Yep. I did. Uh, Cruel Jewel in Georgia, which is an out race, and it had a ton of aid stations, and they were all named something Gap. <laughs> so they all sounded the same. I came into the aid station, and someone that was crewing for another person said, hey, there you are. I was like, your crew's over there. I was like, well, I thought they were going to be at the next one. Oh. They went to the wrong aid station, Got but it. they were just sitting in the car waiting. They thought I was going to be here in another hour, but I already came in. But basically... Things can happen during a race. You know, your crew's trying to do the best that they can, but uh, you know, flat tires, anything could happen. So, there's no reason not to just have your own drop bag. And what I would recommend is, when she gets there, she can go to the drop bag location. I need Jeff's number two fifty drop bag, and she can have it. Yep, right. And then she can just pop in. You know, find a nice spot uh, in the shade where she can see you coming. And you can, she can crew you from there, so you don't even have to go into the uh, in the area where all the where everyone is. Sometimes races like this, especially big races where it's very busy, it gets a little hectic at the aid stations. Everyone's super excited, and you feel I, I myself have I felt a little rushed. You're like, come yeah. in, oh, what can we get you? I was like, well, I just need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I just need yeah. to calm down a little bit. So if your crew is gonna be there, they can kind of take you off to the side where you can just settle in and say, okay, I have all the stuff that I need here. I don't feel rushed because the age uh, the station volunteers, are, they're, they're trying to be chipper. Yeah. They're trying to do the best they can to get you in and out because that's literally what you need to do. But sometimes you feel rushed. So I think uh, having your crew set aside a little bit off to the side, that's one way to slow you down a little bit, even though we are trying to get you in and out of aid station. I'm not talking about sitting down and you right, know right. kicking up your feet. But uh, that's another advantage of having crew there a little bit out of the chaos uh, where there's people running in and out. So I think uh, I think that's perfect. Uh, so you can get the best of both worlds. You'll still have your crew and you'll still have your drop bags there as a backup in case something happens. Yep. No, no reason not to do that.
0: I think that's great advice. And you, I think that the gallon bag and write it with a Sharpie, yep. your, your name, which aid right. station. Yeah. Right.
1: You want your name, aid station name, and your bib number. And super simple. You don't have to get fancy dry bags. You just get throwaway uh, gallon Ziplocs. You can see exactly what's in there. And I'll share a picture of what I did for Black Cannon. Super simple. I had like three drop bags and they're all gallons. Yeah. And they are all nutrition except for the last one where I had a long sleeve shirt which I never even put on. I just tucked it in my in my naked belt, Your naked belt, <laughs> my naked belt, naked. <laughs> and and uh, I carried it to the finish. But I went super minimal for that race, and it and it went well. Um, You know, it could have backfired. Again, you don't have to have super uh, super fancy drop bags, especially for a race like this. Is which are the other aid stations are all pretty close together, so you're not. You just need uh, you, the special your special needs. You know the nutrition that you prefer, yep. um, electrolytes that you prefer, and then at least for the uh, for you at Black Canyon City, your, your headlamp and poles. If you're going to take that,
0: so would you put the headlamp and poles in your drop bag, or would you would you? Because my plan was for Allison to carry that, just because it's a little bit more expensive, I didn't know if it fit in in the drop bag like that. How would you approach that?
1: Yeah, well, for me, I I didn't have a crew. We had friends there, but one person cannot crew, you know, eight people. And she was uh, she was there for her husband. So yeah. um, even yeah. though we were probably going to be together, I did leave my light in my drop bag. I at that time I was just had a super light light headlamp and it's uh-huh. super small. And I just left it in the drop bag. I've never really, out of all the races, I've never lost a drop bag that I didn't, yeah. I, I think uh, maybe a big horn, it was missing for a day, but I got it back. <laughs> so I don't know, even though we do have a, sometimes we have some expensive gear, um, yeah. but if you, you know, if you're confident Allison can be there and you don't want to leave it in there and you just want you know stuff that you're not afraid to lose like a three dollar gel
0: yeah that that i feel, feel yeah. good
1: about. yeah you can definitely uh have her carry especially your, your lucky poles <laughs> that's not gonna <laughs> fit in a drop bag um right. or in a uh in a gallon ziploc so if you want her to keep your nicer gear that's fine
0: yeah the poles i guess even if, if for some reason she wasn't there you know, you can, you can right. live without yeah, them. Right. headlamp lights. You probably need those. Yeah. So maybe I even should have a backup.
1: If you want have a cheaper, a cheaper light that, uh, that will get the job done. Maybe it's a little heavier. Maybe it's not as nice. I think that's a good idea just for, you know, for peace of mind. What I
0: could do, cause I've got the Kogala, however you say that yeah. fancy brand, uh, light that she'll carry that. Maybe I put my headlamp. Yep. In the drop bag as a backup. Right. Because worst case, she's not there for some reason. I can still at least finish. Yep. Yeah. Good plan. Yep. And my plan for nutrition, you'd asked me this before Tyler, and I'm sure you'll ask me this for this race too, what my nutrition plan is. And, and what I did there I think worked pretty well. I do like Awesome Sauce. i got it right here. Yep. The Awesome Sauce. It's so expensive, but it's so good. It's 180 calories per it's like four bucks, I think, yep. Yep. <laughs> if we do the math on these things. And I do one of these every 30 minutes. And then when I get to an aid station, I'll eat – usually I'll eat a little bit of PB&J, okay. just depending on what my stomach feels like. Earlier in the race, I usually do PB&J, and then later in the race, I may just go straight liquid just because yep. it's harder you to go. dry mouth and it's harder to digest. And then whenever I see Allison, I'm going to do one of these – what are these called? These are fruit also packs. spring energy. Yeah, the oatmeal fruit packs are – Three hundred and fifty calorie, and so this is what I did at Tyler because I had my own drop bag. It was a three three loop race, and so in between each loop, I did this oatmeal, and it it seemed to work pretty well. So that's my plan. So a little bit a little bit of aid station food supplementing my my awesome sauce and my oatmeal pack. Yep. And then I thought I'd probably because it's going to be a little bit of a dry heat, add some salt stick. Yep. Pills probably when I see Allison as well. Just take two.
1: Yeah, and sometimes uh, you even though they will tell you what kind of uh, hydration is on the course, you know, eight stations. Some they don't, sometimes it's not mixed in the right, uh, you know, right ratio. So you kind of never know. It's always good to carry. Cause these, uh, these capsules are small. They take up, <laughs> they take up no room. So yeah. it's always good to have a backup. A lot of times, you know, you can, when you're running you, your body gives you pretty good cues. So I'm like, well, oh, I am a little thirsty for me. If I ever hear an echo in my ear oh. or my ears are feeling clogged, that no, that tells me I've gotten behind and hopefully I can recover. Interesting. But that's, uh, that's typically how I know that I'm dehydrated. It's like, I hear an echo or um, <laughs> I feel like I'm having to unclog my ears. So that's... Uh, that's a sign of dehydration for me. Hopefully, uh, you don't <laughs> you don't get to that. But yeah, definitely definitely have that um, because there's no reason not to carry. It's 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 no yeah, additional super, weight. Yep.
0: Super easy, and that's what I did. Again, at, at, in Tyler, I, I had a salt. I, I just did one pill in between each right. loop because it's a shorter race, right. and it was not. It was cold, so I didn't think I was probably losing as much fluid as I might during this race. Oh, cool. So that's gonna work. So then what are some of the things I need to be thinking about as I, as I attack this, this course?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I think the most important thing is enjoy yourself. The scene is really cool. Eight stations are really well done and you know, you'll probably see some drones flying around. Uh, Aravipa puts on a good show. You're a pretty sociable guy. There'll be a ton of people. And, uh, you know, I've met people on the course that I still talk to now. So, uh, Enjoy yourself because uh people will be passing, you'll be passing other people, you'll probably find someone that kind of matches your pace. Yep. And you'll get some time and just remember it's a super it's a super long race. 100k is. is twice
0: as far as it well not right. almost twice as yeah. far as I've ever gone.
1: 100k is uh, when you think about it it's it's a ridiculous distance it's it's a long time um, That's what people
0: tell me when i when they ask me how far this race is I'm sure you get this yep. a lot. hundred why would you want i can't I don't like to drive hundred k I like oh, I get it it's ha ha funny. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's twice as far as I've ever gone. Yep. So,
1: and it's I think the simplest advice is you you just can't do trail math. You can't think, "Oh, I'm at Bumblebee Ranch at 19 miles. I've got 40 miles. I've never even ran 40 miles right. in one shot." So, uh, the simple thing is, it's it's easy. Eight station, eight station. i yep. um, uh, I have five miles you know, I have 4.6 miles to Julianamine mine and you just break it up and in, in doable chunks and you can run 4.6 miles, you know, right now yep. <laughs> in your in sure. your jeans, yeah. Sure. So you just keep it in manageable chunks and you don't think about that, oh, I have to be out here for 20 more hours. You just, that's that's just not, uh that's just not the kind of frame of mind that you want. And it's definitely, there's going to be points. It's going to suck. Even though I had the best race, or the best 100k that I've ever run, I definitely doubted, or I definitely regretted doing a longer distance, <laughs> and I do it, and I have that same feeling at every race, at 50k, where I was like, 50k, even at the fast ones, it's still four and a half, five hours for me, Yeah, and that's still a long time, you know, that's half your waking hours, so it's, uh, you're, all, I'm always gonna have that feeling, you're probably during the race, I'm, um, you're going to have some regret where I was like, crap, this is, um, so it's going to happen, but you expect it. Like, you know, there's going to be some down moments. And then after that, you're like, oh, okay, that was it. Yeah. And then you, fight yeah, you just fight through. It, and then you, you just keep, stay positive, And then you keep going. And a lot of times, uh, you know, you might feel, you might feel a little niggle here. I was like, oh, this calf is bothering me. And then it kind of was like, oh, well, that's, it's just there. And then. It kinda of goes away and you kinda of forget about it. so it's it's a lot of it's just the mental. You you're gonna be in your head yep. a lot. That's why I I try to find someone to talk someone else to talk to so you can get out of your head. And unfortunately, you know, when you're in your head you you always kinda of lean toward the negative parts. So Yep. You need some distraction.
0: One question I had and my plan is to to change I think I'm I'm gonna change shoes at some point, probably Black Canyon City. And change shirts, and maybe even change socks. And not so much because I need to, but but more almost like a mental thing, mm-hmm. like a freshening, like a kind of a new. Right. I've got my new shoes, My shoes yep. are now different. I'm a, you know I don't have any miles on these yet. Is that kind of no, a, a good approach? That is a good
1: approach. Uh, you feel you do feel fresh. And I'll add one thing: you can have disposable toothbrush. Oh yeah, brush so, your teeth. Um, that's uh, something that I heard from. Uh, uh, Eric Strand Ultra Runner podcast, and it's something that I've done during hundreds. Where you know, not necessarily you don't have to wake up, wait until breakfast the next day, <laughs> but do it anytime, um, yeah. You, it's definitely uh, you can do it in the middle of your race as well because you're gonna be changing and and as and as good as the spring gels are, and you'll probably be drinking some Coke. You're that's a lot of sugar. Even yeah. though this is real food and uh, real fruit, it's still sugars that are in your mouth, and especially if you're throwing some elect- you know, electrolyte capsules in there. There's just a lot in there that you don't, that you might want to get cleared out, and it's refreshing. And you'd be surprised how much that can change your mindset. So you know, clean your teeth, clean shirt, <laughs> clean socks, new shoes, and you'll be feeling. You'll be feeling like a new man.
0: Well, all the dentists are applauding you right Right. now. Ashley is probably (laughs) applauding you right now. About
1: Ashley, yeah. (laughs) We should ask her how often she brushes her teeth. I will. You know,
0: I'm going to see Ashley. I'm very excited. I get to I get to meet Ashley. Meet and and, greet. um, Yeah, we're going to do a little little meet and greet. uh, We're a little happy hour. Thursday. We're going to come in on Thursday. I don't think I told you this. We're flying in on Thursday. We're going to meet up with Ashley and a few people out there, and then Friday we're just going to recon. Drive to all the aid stations. Yep. So my wife has a sense of where where everything is, and and all that. And then and then hopefully get a good night's sleep, and and then hit the race the next day.
1: I will say specifically for this race because when you finish, it's going to be. Even though I finished at dark, I finished relatively early, but it was still dark. We were waiting for other friends to uh, finish. Make sure you have a change of clothes um, at the finish. At the finish, because it is the desert and it gets chilly really fast, <laughs> and there's some wind, and you obviously you're, you're depleted. And it, even if it's 50, 60 degrees, that's going to feel frigid if you, if you don't have a change of clothes. So I was wearing a puffy jacket, pants, chain shirts, had a I had a beanie on, and I was still a little chilly. Uh, we had a friend that finished, and he did not have a drawback. And he ended up putting his arm sleeves on his legs oh, goodness. to cover up. And that pizza at the finish, and I had a, a roaring. I've heard about the pizza. A, right, it, the pizza's great. I have a roaring fire, but definitely have a change of clothes, or not necessarily change of clothes, but extra layers to throw on. Even if you know, Alison's gonna be there, and you guys can go straight to uh, the shuttle and get to the mall and get your car. But there's no reason not to have that with you, just in case you want to hang out and get your pizza and have a beer. Um, you know, I don't know if they're gonna be there, but I met Jim Walmsley. And nice. He was he him and uh, Tim Ferrex, is it uh, the other Tim? Oh yeah, Ferrex. I get the two Tims confused, but they're out. They're out there handing out beer from one of the. The Flagstaff breweries and that now oh, cool. the brewery escapes me. But yeah, it's a it's a cool scene. You'll see uh sometimes uh, the elite runners will be out there hanging out. So it's fun to hang out. Um so have a change of clothes because you just don't want to get caught out there wearing your race clothes that are all are all nasty anyway. After any kind of long race, you've you've been there. Even after after fifty K, after you deplete your body, you're gonna feel chilly. And if it's especially if you were uh Before we have your finished time, it's going to be after, most likely after midnight. It's going to be 1 a.m. ish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's that's one thing I wanted to ask you about because I've not done 100K before. I've done three or four 50s now. I think my best time is 7.45 at Dino Valley. And so we're doing twice that. I imagine the second half would be slower than the first half, especially because what I'm hearing again about the first half is it's fairly downhill. But then I'd heard that if you finish within 17 hours, you get a lottery ticket into Western States. And I thought, hmm, you know, goal number one is to f- just to finish. That is that is the goal. But I thought, uh, you know, if I could finish under 17 hours and get, you know, the odds of getting into Western States with one ticket, probably not good. But there there are some one-ticket – People that yep. get in. Right. And about twenty ish or so. Yep,
1: we and one of the one of the guys locally that got in, he got it on one ticket. On one
0: ticket. So I'm wondering, I guess my question is, do I even worry about the seventeen hours? Should I even think about that? Or cause sometimes it's good to have a little bit of a carrot yeah. just to sure. kind of keep that sense of urgency going.
1: Yep. So uh no one can see what i'm talking about but on your aid station we have 17 hours and 19 hours you know we have go and go. Yep. i didn't pick 17 hours just because i know it's a that's what you need for a qualifier we i looked at times from your past races i looked at you know where you placed as a percentile in in previous races and good thing about black canyon is there's a Ton of finishers. So there's a ton of data. So we have splits for almost all the main aid stations. So we know that um, around the, I guess it's Soap Creek, which is 31 miles, if you're going to run 17 hours, you need to be there in about 7 hours and 12 minutes. If you're at a 19 hour pace, it'll be there about 7 hours and 44 minutes. So we can look at like at Dino Valley, the 50K that you did, you did it in about 706. So it's very similar. Uh, Obviously, we're not, uh, there's different courses. Down Valley is a little hotter, Uh, a lot hotter. (laughs) Let's be honest, it's a lot hotter. Running the rows because it's a 54K, we had to, I had to scroll back to see what time you hit around 31 miles and it was about 712. So it's really close to, and even though those were, I, I think we were still calling them training races. You weren't going all out, so definitely, no. I think it's it's doable. So I wouldn't any kind of age station projections that we put. I don't I don't put them on there just to go shooting for something in the sky. This is something that if you know if the stars align, you know the weather's good and you're feeling I feel great, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then this in 17 hours is a goal that you can achieve. But we also have a B go, so we know that okay, if he's uh, you know. 10 minutes beyond pace here, then we can expect them a little bit later. So uh, Allison's not worried. Right. <laughs> so we don't want to, we don't, we just have one one chart on there. So you definitely, you can definitely hit this goal. So that's why we have it on there. Just so, right. You, you need to carry it. Everyone has something to strive for. And then we have a plan B where if uh, things go a little off, um, we still have something the to, to go for.
0: And I wonder at, at some point, do most, cause, you know, most mid packers like myself, do you hit a point? Because I've never done hundred k. Obviously, do you hit up? Because at, at the end of Rocky, we we ran not into Rocky at the end of Tyler. I was with Andrew, All right. and we ran in the last mm-hmm. three or four miles. So I I could I could still run at that right. point. It, does there come a point in a hundred k when you sort of hit that like I don't think I can run anymore right. and I'm just power hiking? Yeah, that's how I'm getting home.
1: Yeah, uh, you know what? I don't care what the race is, what the race distance is. I feel like I can never run one more step. So at the end of the 50 K, I was like, oh, there's no way. There's no way I could do double. Well, there is your mind, you know, you, you, you've, you've, your mind kind of adjust, yeah, you've told your, you you've told your brain that, okay, we're running a 50 K, we're running a 54 K. And it's like, okay. Well, we're gonna, it's, you know, we, this is probably a podcast in itself. Uh, you know, it's a central governor. You you've set your mind to uh, this is the distance we're going, and, the, and they know, like, okay, you've hit fifty k. We're not going any further. That's right. Yeah. You, if you if you want to go further, I'm, my, my, um, the brain's going to shut down. You're just going to have to make your legs move. So if it's walking, then that's what you're going to have to do. But yeah, even though it's double that you're ever gone, your body's just not going to stop. Your your brain knows, and it's gonna it's actually going to hold you back. So it knows that we're planning to run double the 50k so yeah you'll definitely be able to go um you're probably at the end of the 100k you're probably going to be hiking more than you are running so a lot of that is just yourself you're going to be you're going to have to trick your own brain where it's once you get in that the comfort level of power hiking or especially with your poles sometimes all you want to do is just power hike but you have to trick yourself okay and I don't know why I always settle on 20 seconds. Like I'm going to run for 20 seconds okay. or I'm going to yeah. run to that cactus and then I can walk. And then you can walk and then you feel like, okay, I've caught my breath. Okay, I should run. So you just have to keep, you have to add something. You see that cactus in front of you, I'm going to run all the way to that cactus and then I can walk. Something attainable where 20 seconds, I can run for 20 seconds, or I can run that distance. And then you just keep going and you just keep moving. All you have to do is keep moving no matter how slow it is. But if you throw in uh, – that's why we've done all that uh, weight vest hikes. Yep. So just working on forward progress and just moving. No, no There's no, well, there's nowhere to sit out there anyway. <laughs> if you sit down, you're going to end up sitting on a cactus, and there could be a scorpion. Oh, we don't know. want that. All right.
0: I wanted to ask you a little bit too about strategy. My strategy has always been with 50Ks that I, I tend to – Run flats and downs, not if it's too steep. You know you got to be a little careful. Right. But And then power hike. You know inclines. Right. Is do I pretty much apply the same strategy? Because what I'm what I'm hearing about this race is it's real easy to to again run too much right. early. So is my strategy to kind of keep that same thing? Maybe a light run if it's flatter down, and, yep. and then power hike up.
1: Exactly. Is if there's any climb that you think would suck at the end of the race then you should be you should be hiking it at the beginning of the race yeah. and and even if you feel great it's going to be a big climb coming out of Black Canyon City so yeah definitely hike all the ups and then you take advantage of the flats um if it's a very extended flat where you know it's going for miles if you need to throw in a walk break after a mile yeah definitely do that but especially the downhills we're not going to we're not going to pound the downhills, and trash your quads. But you definitely need to take advantage of gravity. You right. know, when, Especially uh, my gravity. You know, <laughs> right when that train's giving you a break, just you yeah. know, lean forward a little bit. Keep your steps small and a little choppy. That way you're not overextending. Don't, but don't get excited and it's like, oh, free speed and start yeah. pounding and trash your quads. Because it's you definitely can't recover from that. So yes, definitely that's a, the exact plan. Hike all the ups, And take advantage of the downhills. Don't go too crazy and trash your quads. uh, And take advantage of flats. You can run all the flats. If you need to take some breaks occasionally, walk uh, for the extended ones, do that. But, yeah, you got the right plan.
0: Because I'm thinking you kind of want to conserve yourself, especially early. It's easy to go. I feel great, man. But you're not always going to feel great. And I always try to think, too, just stay light. Stay light on my feet. If I ever feel like I'm getting heavy on my feet, I'm probably over either overextending yep. or or you know not not leaning forward.
1: Yeah, and especially for a course like this, where sometimes there is loose rock, so you definitely don't want your you don't want your feet out too far out from your center of gravity, especially on the downhills. Um, so,
0: yeah, I remember I think it was the second time we did Bandera. Just thinking, this is when they actually moved it. I think it's when they moved it to Camp uh, Eagle. Camp Eagle, yeah. I remember if I kick another rock, I'm gonna hurt somebody. Yeah. <laughs> mainly myself. So it sounds like I may I may get a little a couple of black toenails on this right. one. Yep. Yeah, that ha- that happens. That happens. Well, this has been great, Greg. Anything else that you would cover with your athletes before you kind of send them off and pat them on the rear and off they go?
1: No, this is. Uh, I think we covered. Yeah, we definitely covered everything. Sometimes we'll double up on these uh, on these calls where. You know, once they have a chance to go through the aid station, pack all their stuff, make their notes, then we come back and uh, just one final touch base. But I think this is it. Uh, you've got you, your nutrition set. You have a, you have a race plan, a gear plan. Um, so everything else, you're ready. Um, you've done all the hard work. I mean, there's nothing that we can do at nine days physically to get you ready. So, I think we've talked about before um, earlier this week, you know you're you're right now you're just focusing on your hydration, your mobility, hopefully banking a little bit of sleep, yep doing all those you know healthy habits, eating a little bit better, maybe backing off on the alcohol, so except for the beer before night, yeah maybe keep it to one yeah no, so, i've,
0: I've uh, actually i'm not i'm not drinking any okay. alcohol, I think I started that two weeks ago, Good. okay, might have broken it once, yeah, and you just. Like, hey, the end is near. Right. And I've yeah, I you got you can hold on for I a You can hold bit, on yeah. for that long. And and I actually went to stretch lab today. I yeah. got stretched out. I've been All doing right. doing that a couple of times. Uh, it, it feels a little bit like a luxury. I think we talked on the show before. It feels like I'm I'm so lazy, I need you to stretch me. But they can just stretch you in ways that yeah. you just can't stretch yourself. Really, it felt really good. I've got a couple more of those before the race too. Yeah.
1: So yeah, right now it's, it's really just dialing in all those healthy habits. Some that hopefully you've been doing anyway, but you know we're just a little bit more consistent now because the run volume's less. And sometimes we just have that anxiety where we're not oh my God, we're not running as much so yeah. we have to do something. And I'll tell you that the yoga and the mobility and the stretching is something that it's okay to replace some of that run volume with and do a little bit extra. Especially now, uh, when we're just trying to stay as healthy as we can,
0: and then just hydrate, hydrate, yep. hydrate.
1: yeah Unfortunately, yeah, you have to unfortunately you're probably hit the bathroom every hour. Um, but yep. it's the way yep. to go.
0: It's it's the price we pay. And do you do checklists too? Like for every aid station, or just because I'm thinking I'm you know I'd, well actually let me ask you this question because what I thought is it would have the TheraGun in, in kind of the pack that Allison has, and maybe even one of those rollers. Do you, mm-hmm. do you recommend Hitting the TheraGun if you can, if you've got one in between. Yeah,
1: there's a. I def. I would keep that in the. You know, we have a. We have a Victory Sport bag that uh, that carries a ton of stuff. So, um, especially in the crew accessible ones, I would. Uh, I would have a TheraGun okay. or HyperVolt or whatever you got or Ari Roller. I've got the fake. The
0: fake one. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah the, all they all work the same. So that's definitely something to have, even if you. You know, you might not need it, but it feels great on the glutes. You know, yeah. we're not we're not anywhere where you can lay out a yoga mat and sit on a ball to roll <laughs> it out but you can definitely stand and and uh she can gun that right in your glute and you know we've done uh, that's that I'll be I'll take my own to rocky and it's not for me it will be for uh, the athletes that are coming in so yeah that's I'm glad you brought that up yeah those there's great you know those recovery tools are great there's definitely I'm- bring it
0: I'm going to bring the foam roller on the plane because I figure yeah. we can leave that in the hotel. I can, I can foam yeah. roll Thursday, Friday, and probably that morning. Yeah,
1: I carried uh, – I took my trusty little vibrating massage ball um, just so I didn't want to carry the roller, but I had that. And before we left for the race, I woke up a little early, had my coffee, and I did about a 20, a 10, uh, about 15, 20-minute little roll uh roll mobility session, uh, activated the glutes. I'll send you the, I think I probably, I may have added it to your plan, but it's just the extended up. Um, but just, uh, some stuff to activate before you, uh, leave the hotel. Cause obviously we're not going to, or, or wherever you're staying, we're not going to be able to do that pre-race out on the track Right. Well, you could, you, just, you know, people might look at you weird, but, uh, that's something you can do while you're drinking your morning coffee anyway. So I
0: was going to bring the lacrosse ball too to do the foot the foot thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we all
0: the Nick Bear foot morning of foot thing. I don't know if you've seen him do that.
1: I haven't, but that's how I usually start my day um, before even the you know the yoga. This yoga sessions I do it usually starts with rolling my feet because that's unfortunately that's my problem area. So yep. I get tight feet and tight calves. So I roll that out first, and um, before I do long runs or all my races, we do. I, I use that to roll out. So
0: so Greg, I'm I'm curious about because you hear about carb loading, you hear about eating the big spaghetti dinner the night before. What's your kind of what's your thoughts on that? Right.
1: Yeah, so uh, I I personally don't carb load. But um, I I will eat a little bit more. So say um, at least for trail races. Trail races are usually on Saturday. I will have a bigger dinner on Thursday. Oh, Thursday, okay. Eat uh, eat a little bit more. Then um, you know I, when when I go for carbs, it it will be like a sweet potato. You know, a little bit extra starches there. And I'll have my bigger dinner on Thursday, and then you know I'll maybe a little bit bigger lunch on Friday, and a light and a lighter dinner on Friday night. Just because uh, you know you're gonna, unless depending on how early I I don't wake up super early before races. I luckily for me I'm pretty I'm pretty regular, so I don't have to wake up hours before to clear it out. I don't have to take two <laughs> two cups of coffee. I just drink the coffee for because I like coffee. But uh, not having as big of a dinner, it's a little bit easier for me to. I feel like I'm a little bit mm, lighter. I don't. I'm not running on a heavy stomach, so yeah. Those are things that I would recommend as far as also for that for that pre race dinner. Uh, your body is working, so if you eat, if your body is digesting, if you have a late dinner. You know your body could be digesting for three hours even though you are asleep. So I would recommend eating that even if it's a lighter dinner, eating as early as possible. So uh, so your body, your heart rate is elevated if you have ever. Uh, we're both on Whoop, so we can actually see yeah. all that heart rate data. So if you ever have a, if you ever seen yourself after a uh, late dinner, your heart rate is still going even though you may actually be asleep. So that does impact uh, how much how much quality sleep you are doing. So definitely. Um I recommend a lighter dinner and an early dinner and then that's easy it helps me wind down before a race and then uh, you can have your typical pre-race breakfast your bagel you know your toast and toast yep. and jam so
0: So Two nights before the bigger meal, carbs and some starches, and then if that's what you like, right?
1: Because ideally, maybe a
0: little protein as
1: well, right? Other than a right, other than a shakeout, you know, twenty or thirty minute shakeout on Friday, you're not going to be doing much, so that probably burned, you know, two hundred calories. So you're going to be if you if you have a bigger meal on Thursday, you're going to be topped off as far as your calories if you eat normally on Friday. So you'll be you'll be all set for for the race.
0: And I want to ask you, cause you, you asked me, we were texting right after Tyler and you said, Jeff, did you replace your protein? And I said, well, if, if a water burger with cheese is replacing my protein, then yes. So right. it sounds like after a race, I should, I should be a little bit more thoughtful in terms of recuperating.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the pizza is probably a pretty good option for, especially after black Canyon. and it's going to be hot. It's going to be taste tasty. So you, you, and I'm probably, uh, speaking, uh, beyond my, uh, expertise, but you should definitely have a balanced meal, uh, you know, not just replacing the carbs, but protein, you know, like protein and fat, it's, it's a little bit more satiating. You're going to be pretty depleted. So now, you know, to you know, one hour after your race, it's, this is the time to, it, well, you know, anytime you should always reward yourself. Yeah,
0: oh, don't worry but about that. this
1: is this is the time to enjoy a uh, enjoy a good meal and treat yourself for uh, for the work that you put in. So, um, if you don't think you know, there's pizza at the finish line. But if you don't think you're going to be able to eat, uh, some people can't eat right after they race. Luckily, I can. Um, simplest thing is to have a, have a recovery shake, whether it's a tailwind recovery, Floyd's of Leadville recovery, Floyd's makes a recovery bar, um, spring makes a, you know, just a gel. That's not going to be enough after a hundred K, but if you can have something at least that you can stomach until you can get to your car and shuttle and get a real meal, um, definitely do that as soon as you can, um, and start that recovery process. That's good
0: because I, I don't even think – I don't think about it right after. I do I do think about the meal, yeah. and that's probably the most guilt-free meal I've ever had is after a 50K because yeah. <laughs> you're just like, I just need anything, and I just burned a ton of calories, and I deserve this. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Well, Greg, this has been awesome. Hope, hopefully, the Big Ass Runner Herd has enjoyed this. You got to see basically a running coach – go through kind of the prep with their athlete. And we've kind of brought you into the studio to do that with us. Hope, hope you enjoy that. And Greg, thanks so much for walking through that with yeah. us. I think it's been beneficial no, it for fun. me for sure. And hopefully for the biggest runners that are listening as well. Great. Thanks buddy.
1: Thank you. Talk you soon. Glad to be on.
0: Well, believe it or not, that is the end of the very special pre-race prep episode of the Big Ass Runner, episode number 80. Big thanks to Adam Silver for that awesome intro and certainly huge, huge thanks to Coach Greg for walking us through that pre-race prep, thinking through the race and all the variables that that race will entail. Hope you found that interesting and valuable as you prepare for your races, it's spring's coming we got a lot of races ahead of us this year so hope you found that helpful and also one way the biggest way that you can really help this show for those of you who enjoy the podcast is to go to apple podcast and leave us a written review i don't do this very often but i'm going to triple dog dare you to do that We would love a written review on Apple Podcasts. I realize not everyone listens on Apple. So if you don't have access to Apple Podcasts, you get a break. But if you can leave a review, we would love that. That would really help the show. Well, wishing everyone a really good week this week as you prepare for some of your runs, your training runs, your races. And again, hope that this episode helped you get a little bit more prepared as you do that. Well, with that... Everybody, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off.
1: See, that was fine. Clean. No bloopers. That wasn't very fun. Anyway, I'm just kidding.
0: And this show is, this episode, and this episode is a little different. That's the normal way these... Well, I guess there's really nothing normal about this show but that's usually how it goes.
1: Um, heck hec- hecticness that's not a word but the chaos I will say specifically for this race because um, <coughs> excuse me
0: pre-race prep thinking through the race and all the variable and all the variables